0: welcome back to the awake space astrology podcast i'm lori rivers with you i'm your host and i'm here to help you with some inspiration to get your aspirations out in the world we are post eclipse we are post midterms and in this episode i am dedicating the entire episode to pluto this will be a little education in the astrology factor and we're going to talk about Pluto, the planet, why it's not a generational planet, why we want to refer to it as a transpersonal planet, and some of the things I've been contemplating about this planet. Um, People used to ask me, you know, does the NASA designation mean anything? no, because NASA is astronomy, not astrology. Um, we'll also do our patron shoutouts because patrons are the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank every, everybody for being patrons, and the newest patrons get their shout out on an episode. And then we'll talk a little about politics at the end of this podcast. So let's talk about Pluto. Shall we? So Pluto is often a very feared celestial body when it comes to astrology, especially in popular astrology circles, um, because the Pluto in Leo era folk decided to label it the destroyer. (laughs) And it's, it's really not. It can feel that way. Um, but it's really forced evolution, which was the Pluto in Gemini and Pluto in uh, Cancer era, folks. Original interpretation. You have to remember, we as astrologers have not had a full Pluto cycle to do our observations consciously as astrologers doing our observations. Now, the Old-timey astrologers and those of us who were trained in those traditions, and I'm talking like the medieval astrologers like William Lilly and Copernicus and Galileo and people like that, wrote their observations of the times, right, Of, of what was going on, what celestial body they were attributing things to. And it doesn't mean those things are gospel. You know, that's the other thing. People are like, well, they said this. That was their observations you want to study from that, okay? But it, it wasn't the end-all be-all because we all have a, a social-cultural lens that we're perceiving our reality from. So a lot of the 20th century and some of our 21st century astrologers love to go back in history, pre-Pluto discovery, before it was in our consciousness, and attribute historical acts like the french revolution to pluto and aquarius and i don't think that is a very good practice you have to remember we have really solid ground with saturn why saturn was visible to the naked eye for human beings for the whole of our existence we've had a lot of time to observe and correlate and make note. Now our understanding of things may evolve as our understanding of the world evolves. But I don't think you can look back in the past and say, oh, that's because of that planetary transit. Especially if we weren't living through it, we weren't sensing the energy in our bodies we weren't experiencing these transits to ourselves that personal experience helps reading a lot of clients you know so pluto until 1930 was in our super subconscious it was like really super subconscious we're talking way 12th house here where you're really not aware of the issues and we've given a lot of designations to rulerships with Pluto. We've given a lot of, um, you know, we've assigned it a lot of values that I just don't think were wise. And I think astrologers in the future are going to think we we're kind of dumb. And here's why. We call Pluto a generational planet. And the reason for that is because the astrologers of, of the time, especially you know, from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, were going to be able to live through uh, at minimum, if they lived to be an old person, five signs, if not six. Okay. And we have some people going to seven the people who were born at the very tail end of the Pluto and cancer era are living in to, if they're lucky into the Pluto and Aquarius era. And that is because since Pluto's quote unquote discovery, until it came into our awareness, it was going through the fastest part of its orbit. Okay. Pluto Moves through um, its orbit in 248 years, but it is irregular. So I was born um, at the end, the last 10 degrees of Pluto in Virgo. I've lived through Pluto in Virgo, Pluto in Libra, Pluto in Scorpio, Pluto in Sag, Pluto in Capricorn. I will most likely live through Pluto in Aquarius where it starts to slow down. It's a 21-year run, okay? And then Pluto in Pisces. Pluto in Pisces ends. It ends in 2068 when Pluto moves into Aries. If I should live so long, I will be 99 years old. I don't think I'm going to live that old. I might, but it would be rare. And then I will have lived through to a Pluto moving through the signs. But you see from Pluto in Aries to Pluto in Taurus. Let me pull up my phone because I was taking notes. I've made a TikTok for this. Go like it. If you're not following me on TikTok, you need to. You know they're suppressing my views. Just I'll talk about that later. So Pluto in Aquarius is a 21-year transit. Pluto in Pisces is 26 years. Pluto in Aries is 30 years. Pluto in Taurus is 40 years. Okay, that's from 2098 until 2138. And then things start speeding up a little bit more. Pluto in Gemini is a 19-year transit. Now, that makes it pretty generational because a generation is technically 20 years. Um, And then Pluto in Cancer is 26 years. Okay. So that's the slowest part of the orbit. So a child born in 2024 would be 21 when Pluto enters Pisces and then um, what? uh, 46 when Pluto enters Aries and then 76 when Pluto enters Taurus and they wouldn't live to see the end of Pluto in Taurus. So that's one, two, three, they'd live through four signs that Pluto is transiting. Do you hear me on this? So we can't call the Pluto eras or the Pluto transits. All right. We can't call those generations because if we go to what we've lived through, you know, Pluto entered Aquarius, Oh, sorry, Pluto entered Leo in 1939 and for 17 years, It was in that sign. Then it moved to Virgo. It moved into Virgo at what, um, 1956? Might have been 58. I have to look again. 16 years of Pluto in Virgo. And then Pluto in Libra was 11 years. Pluto in Scorpio was 12 years. Pluto in Sag was 12 years. Pluto in Capricorn starting to slow down again. 16 years. So you see on a lot of blogs, because you get young people um, or younger astrologers, and, and again, it's a little bit of hubris. It's kind of like the, what the Pluto and Leo guys were doing. Oh, this is my lifetime, therefore it must be this. But you see, that's dangerous when you're interpreting astrology, because our lens colors our interpretation, Okay. So all that, it's a generation. Well, kind of, kind of not. It's better to call Pluto a transpersonal planet, okay? It is not in your foundational personality. It is how uh, the authority of the world impacted you. It's, it's about the, the social cultural programming, that you adopted and and how you wield power within that structure or how you don't, okay? It's about what needed to change and transform at the time of your birth and how you carry that energy with you, okay? And it is about how we evolve forward. If you want to read some good information about Pluto, Um, Jeffrey Wolf Green wrote some great books on this. I was so lucky to study with him. Uh, He was a phenomenal evolutionary astrologer. And the reason I say I'm a progressive evolutionary astrologer is because I wanted to kind of remove the patriarchal thinking out out of that wonderful work because... Um, and, and people, nobody wants to admit the patriarchy inside of themselves because we associate it with negativity and we don't want to be that bad person. And honestly, in, in, you know, Jeffrey Wolf Green was about my folks' age. I think he was a little bit older than my parents. Um, and, and they didn't see anything wrong with it. They saw very... Uh, divided lines between what men do and what women do, and what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman, and you know those social cultural assignments. Okay, and even though they were questioning the authority of, of, of before them, um, you know they just that that wasn't their gig, and it's our gig now. And so I would still read it. Always read everything, even you know listen and read everything with a grain of salt use your discernment okay i don't want everybody to take my word as gospel i may speak with confidence i don't know everything i don't i'm really smart i've studied a lot of things but i am not the font of wisdom okay i'm not i love to explore ideas and it's been really bothering me watching popular astrology on TikTok, YouTube, blogs, things like that, where they're like, it's a generational planet. And it's really not. It's transpersonal. It's beyond our individual self. And how we kind of carry um, that collective desire to transform or fight against transformation. It can go either way. And we can have both of those going either ways inside of us. Sometimes we're traditionalists in one area, and sometimes we want to move things forward. You know, um, you know I, I look at our gender conversations. You know, as much as I believe people can be who they are, okay? And if someone feels they are a certain gender and want ident- to identify with that gender, I don't have a problem with that. But I will point out, we still have the social bias of the makeup and the hair and the clothes or the lack of makeup and hair and the clothes, depending on which gender one is identifying with. And the people who meet that social gender norm will gain more notice than people who are like, I just do want to be me and the gender I am, and I'm not going to conform in the uniform. I'm not saying it's bad to use the uniform. I'm just kind of just saying we're still then identifying with gender norms. Um, And it's okay. I mean, we're, we are, all of us born now, all of us living now are living through the fastest part of that Pluto transit. And that's why we've lived through such volatility, That's why we've lived through such volatility, socially, culturally, technologically. Um, We've just, you know, just moved through it in blazing speed. Um, And that's why there's backlash. So when you look at like the Pluto and Virgo folk, my age group, and again, I'm born towards the tail end of that, but you'll notice we're almost split 50-50. Well, Virgo is ruled by Mercury okay and there are those who are fighting against social change and i was thinking about this the other day i was like why are half of gen xers utter complete bootlicker conservative nazis and why are half of us you know very rebellious and very Um, it's not even half, I'd say a third, a third, a third, like a third of us are very rebellious and very much activists. A third are kind of apathetic and a third are just really against any kind of social progress. And then you go back and you're like, well, because a lot of our parents, um, were either you like, you have to remember the the conservative movement was kind of driven by us in some ways because it was so willy nilly in the seventies. There was so much drug use in the seventies and eighties, so much alcohol abuse. Um, Nobody, nobody talked about people being alcoholics. It was normal for people to have martinis every night and drink, you know, six pack. Um, It was normal for people to lock their kids out of their house. And I think when the conservative church started moving in the eighties during the Pluto and Scorpio, people were drawn to that security and that safety. So what does this have to do with Pluto? A lot, a lot, you know, because it was what needed to change. Things were kind of wild and out of control. And, um, their society was changing so rapidly during Pluto and Libra and then again in Pluto and Scorpio. And there was a backlash to that because there wasn't a safety net. So people found safety in a very controlling environment. And so that third of us who felt secure there, okay, or felt power there, because remember, Pluto is about power. So some people felt power in that structure. Other people didn't like that power. I was um, very, very young and, and like a baby. And my great grandma took me every weekend and I went to church with her. And then she died when Pluto was on my moon. Um, I was like 10 or just turned 11. It was 1980. And uh, my, my grandfather died on election day. And then two weeks later, and that was from my dad's side, my paternal grandfather died on election day. I always blamed Reagan for killing him in 1980. That was a joke. And then on Thanksgiving, my uh, great-grandma passed away in 1980. Those were the two people who kept me safe in this world. And, um, And I had a really strong foundation you know she took me to church it was a nice church it wasn't evangelical it wasn't hellfire and brimstone it wasn't super controlling um i didn't really go to the kids part of the church too much i did a little bit of sunday school but i really liked sitting with my grandma during the sermons i was always really spiritual very connected um and well versed in in the religion i was you know i was pretty religious um but then when i was about 13 and that would have been 1982, Um, the church started to change. It was starting to become more what we called charismatic, which became evangelical. And I was really uncomfortable with it because it wasn't that safe space anymore. It was becoming very controlling, kind of very judgmental, um, and more emotional, to be honest. You know, lots of emotions and crying and testifying. And I was like, I wasn't comfortable with that. Um, One, I couldn't talk about the stuff going on in my life, and it just hit all my don't tell buttons um, that, that saved me from the church. And so I left that church, and then my grandmother on my dad's side asked me to go to the Lutheran church with her. And I wasn't into the structure of that either, and I thought it was very outdated, and I eventually left, and I've told that story on live streams. The reason I bring those stories up is because I was really contemplating the spiritual experience. of like, why did those other people go into these churches that were really controlling? And yet when the control came, I left. Okay. And I was like, well, because I had a loving, secure childhood experience with people who loved me. They're why I'm resilient. Even though there was chaos in my home, even though there was abuse going on, I still had these caring, loving people who gave me, who gave me security. And so I didn't need the security of that organization. Other people weren't so lucky. It's really easy to sit in judgment, but everybody has a space for why. So if they had chaos, if they had violence, if they had, um, you know, a lot of substance abuse around them, I can't blame people for wanting that stricter environment. Like my best friend growing up, an Aries, <laughs> um, Virgo raising Aries, we, she grew up in a Pentecostal, uh, very conservative family. Like they were conservative before it was cool. and um, And she and I are dear friends to this day. We've been friends since we were 12. And she used to say, you know, if it wasn't for, the church, I would have been way too wild. I would have got myself into trouble. And this was when we were young. And I didn't understand it then. And as an astrologer and as uh, somebody who's met a lot of people, seen a lot of life, I'm like, you know, maybe she was right. Maybe that was exactly what she ended up easing up. You know, she ended up not being as conservative. She still is um, not a Trumper. (laughs) at all um she's kind of old school on that um but and i could see why given i know i know what happened in her childhood it's not my story to tell i know what happened i know why she needed that kind of very safe controlled space and so it's really easy to just say these people are stupid right I don't think they are. I think I think they're scared. And I think when you're afraid, and Pluto kind of deals with those life and death issues. That's why they called it the destroyer. It's those big transformational events. And for some people, they will liberate out of that. They will alchemize from it. They will come up bigger, better, and stronger. And who knows, for some people, that conservative route may be where they feel that they've transformed it. Okay, transformation on the inside is an inside job, and and you can think you know better for somebody, but you're not, you don't know their soul's intent. Okay, you don't. Now, am I trying to tell you they're all good people? No, I'm not. I'm just saying sometimes we need to think about these things from a different perspective. Okay, sometimes we need to look at things differently. And so I've really been contemplating on. Pluto as a force of evolutionary change. And it's going to make sense that people are going to take it in extreme ways. They're going to, you know, exude that energy in them in extreme ways because it's an extreme energy. It's forcing change. It's forcing evolution. But it's really in my opinion it's it's fear is not useful. Now, granted, I'm a Scorpio rising. I have Pluto in the tenth house. It's conjunct my node. Fear actually kind of pisses me off. Um, it really does. It kind of makes me get angry. I don't. I don't like to be afraid because I know that when I'm afraid, I'm reacting, right? And I'm not making good decisions. And and that goes for everybody. When our amygdala, amygdala, amygdala I can speak amygdala. That part of our brain, our primal brain, when it's firing, we don't always make good decisions. There's times it's a good thing. Bear is chasing you. Good thing to have an amygdala. Great, great response. If you have to fight somebody, it's good to have it. Um, If you need to run away, it's great stuff. But that constant fear of change doesn't help. We were born for these times. We were born for this change. And the way we can see it with the Pluto irregular orbit of 248 years is the quickness from Pluto in Leo to Pluto in Aquarius. That is half the signs experienced in a lifetime. In a lifetime, right? That is half the zodiac in a lifetime for immense amount of change. And the next half, which no one writes out the dates for past Pluto in Taurus, because none of us alive are going to see it. Okay. Again, let me give you those dates for the longest part of that orbit. It's crazy. So I had to run my ephemeris On my software, I use Solar Fire. That's in that TikTok video, too. Um, I had to run my software to uh, show that. So uh, let me go back to my notes. So, you know, again, we've got 21 years in Pluto and Aquarius. Now that's going to start reshaping society and then reshaping probably religion in pluto in pisces which is 20 it starts in 2043 it ends in 2068 um and then and it starts getting weird for me when i start looking out past pluto um entering aries because i know i won't be here for this and when you're 53 you kind of feel that a little bit differently than when you're in your 20s um you're like "Mm, i know i'm already past halfway (laughs) So, hmm. so, you know, 30 years, you know, 2098 for Pluto and Taurus. And then 40 years later in 2138, you have Pluto and Gemini and then Pluto and cancer enters in 2157, 2157. That's just a long ways away. It's, it's. It's a long ways away. It's almost hard to conceive of that, isn't it? And so where the transformation and moving things forward and then things will most likely make some change, but stabilizing forces. We'll see. Um, Will it be stable in our lifetime? I economically, yeah, I think I think we'll see some more collectivism. I think we'll probably also see some better um, fixes for the environment as well. I think we'll innovate, I think we'll have to. Um, I do see, you know, I do see silver linings to the time we live in, and I see the things eventually stabilize out. Um, It won't be as volatile as the time we're living in because we are in a great time of change and we were all born for it. But I think when we're talking about Pluto, both from a mundane perspective and a natal perspective, it's important not to call it a generational planet because I think we need to switch the lens into how we evolve and how each um era and that's why you'll notice i call it an era and i say it's a transpersonal planet because how we speak about things matters says the venus in gemini with the mercury rule chart but how we speak about things matters because it changes how we think about ourselves um i say you are a divine being Notice I don't like the divine feminine, divine masculine talk because I think it's patriarchy packaged with a bow. I think it's trying to get people to fit into boxes that no longer serve us. Gender is a human concept. It's not necessarily a divine concept. Okay. I think when we get out into the universe, I think it's so much bigger than that. Okay. Um, And when it comes to gender, what you wear, that is culturally its own thing. Okay. Every culture is different. We're very US centric and we're very, I mean, people call it white culture. I, 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 I don't, as somebody who studied lots of different things, I don't know that I think there is a white culture. I think there is a manufactured thing that I don't. I don't know. I never fit into it. So maybe that's why I see it that way. Cause then I do see those people and I'm like, Oh yeah, those are people I never got along with cause I don't fit in with them. Um, you know, like the mayonnaise and, and the football parties and the suburbs. And, Oh, I once stayed in a suburb. Talk about Pluto and rebellion. Um, I once stayed in a suburb and, um, My skin hurt. It literally hurt. And I was like, I can't do this. So I guess maybe because I don't fit into it is why I'm like, I don't get that. Because my family retained, even though we'd been here a long time, we retained a lot of our cultural identities. And I think that makes a difference. If you don't tell stories, if you don't know where you came from, well, then you're going to have to identify with something. And I think that's why these people hold on to it. You can tell I've been contemplating, I've been contemplating. um I need to take a break and let's let's revisit this here in a second. I know I'm rambling, but I'm trying to get to something. I want you to understand the depth of Pluto and the richness of that evolutionary force and that it's not something to fear. So I'm going to take a break and then we'll do a patron shout out. I'll come back to Pluto and then I'll talk a little bit more about what's going to go on in November and what we can expect through the rest of, of, you know, the next week or so. It's time for my favorite part of the show. We're going to give a patron shout out. Oh, without patrons, there would be no show. So I want to give you all a big hug if I could. I cannot wait till these um, pandemic days are over. We're gonna give shout outs to our newest patrons. We've got Michelle, we've got Taylor, Cody, Tammy, Antonia, Larissa, Jennifer, Laura, Catherine, Jesse, Sonatore, That's a beautiful name. Sonatore, Allie, Marlene, Tabby, Dana, or Donna, Drea, Sheila, Carolyn. It might be Shella. Carolyn. Carolyn. So we've got Carolyn T. and Carolyn P., Megan, Jen, Hannah, Bailey, Susanna, Janice Banana Shannon Susan Rosalind or Rosalind Mina uh, Let me see this one. I gotta get my reading glasses on. Rosemoon Miranda Oh we're gonna do this name again and I got it right the last time Carodin Carrot Carrot Caradwin I did it wrong this time. I know I got it right last time. Paloma, Kelly, Samantha, Melissa, Caitlin, Alyssa, Alexa, Kara, Kara or Kara, Wunderlich, 111, Taryn, Tanya, Tina, shit's getting real, Corin, Beth, Courtney, and Jackie. I want to thank all of you for being patrons. Thank you all. Um, That little groan was Malcolm because he almost knocked my computer over. (laughs) He almost did, but we caught it. Um, It's cold tonight in Southern California, and so he is making himself one with the mom If you haven't met Malcolm, Malcolm is my dog, and he sometimes appears with me on live streams. If you're a patron, speaking of patrons, I put up the live stream from election night with our calm vibes. I'm going to try to get more of those up. It just takes a hot minute to do, and I hate getting you so many emails. I want you to open the ones that do come. you want to open all of the emails you get from me because they always have something in there that's worth it. But the crunch reports always have the special discounts. And if you're a patron, you get $75 off natal readings with Mackenzie and Casey. And if you haven't listened to their interviews, you want to go back uh, about uh, what three, four episodes and you'll find their interviews and you can hear about them. I'll have them on the podcast again. Um, and you can... Book with them. You want to book up because we do tend to book out. So save seventy five bucks if you're a patron. If you're not a patron, be one, and you too can save seventy five bucks on needle readings with Mackenzie and Casey. You're not getting, you're not getting less of an astrologer in them. Um, I just need time to do the consultative readings uh, that just take. Take more work and um, the natal readings are the first step and you are getting excellent, excellent astrologers in Mackenzie and Casey. Speaking of patron goodies, you know, you get 50% off the next round of the 2023 Year Ahead Seminar. I did it back in June and that was just getting you ready because I knew that after July everything was just gonna fly. Next thing you knew it would be in 2023. I wasn't even sure I'd have time in my schedule to do this, but I was a smart T pants, and back then I slowed my schedule down, so um, so that I wasn't getting slammed because I I don't like getting slammed, um, so I slowed my own self down a little bit, and so I do have time. And on the twenty sixth of November, I'm going to do an update to my year ahead, and I talked about some of that in the last podcast when I was talking about the uh, constitutional crisis, we have upcoming in January and um, some other stuff's coming up. And of course, March because (laughs) March of 2023, uh, we are, we, we've never seen anything like it in our lifetimes. So it should be fascinating. It can be really good too, guys. It doesn't have to be bad. Um, And it's not just because Pluto is ingressing into, Uh, Aquarius, that alone is a lot, but we have Saturn moving into Pisces and we've got Mars moving into Cancer and oh boy, 2023 is kind of a turning point year. And so, yeah, there's that. So if you want to join me and save 50% uh, joining the Patreon, all patrons get access to that discount no matter what level. And my Patreon is pretty reasonable given the cost of inflation. Um, We may raise things a little bit. Now, if you're a patron and I raise the tiers, it doesn't impact you. Okay. So if you've been on the fence, you want to join before January of 2023 because I am going to raise the tiers um, or add in a tier and and unpublish um, the old tiers. And I'll probably go to like five and 15. Okay. Right now it's three and 11. All right. I, I, you know, it's been that way for two years, but I too. have to buy groceries. I, too, have, have things to do. And so, um, also, uh, we'll be looking at adjusting the prices on readings as well. Because, you know, the other astrologers don't do this for free. Um, I make sure everybody gets their fair share. And so, um, but if you're a current client, I'm going to make sure that you keep Um, The 2022 pricing through 2023. And so if you've been a client with us, we have your emails and we'll get you the coupon codes you need to keep your prices with me. So don't freak out. okay? I try to make it as fair as I can. I have a Libra moon in the 11th house. So there is that. Now, let's talk a little more about Pluto and why I was contemplating all of this. And one, it just bothers me that astrologers in the future are going to be like, oh my God, they were so dumb. Um, why did they look at it this way? And and think of it from their perspective. If you are born with Pluto and Pisces, which is a 30 year run, you know, or a 25 year run, and then there's Pluto and Aries, and it's 30 years, and then Pluto and Taurus imagine those people born at the beginning of Pluto and Taurus they find astrology in their 20s halfway through the Pluto and Taurus transit and they read through some of the 20th century literature or the 21st century literature Um, and they're like what were these people on you know and so that bothers me I'm like well I don't want them to think that about me I don't want them to think I was dumb but there are those of us, especially evolutionary astrologers and, and progressive evolutionary astrologers, and there's a handful of us on the planet. Um, and I think I'm the only one who calls myself that, who call it a transpersonal planet. You know, it's transpersonal. And a transpersonal planet is, is something, it's beyond you. It's bigger than you. You're carrying the energy of an era inside of you. And so, you know, in the first part of this podcast, I was talking about, you know, just my own group of people, <laughs> like, why did they turn out that way? And, you know, I, I didn't always get along with my peers because there were those who were extreme conformists and a lot of us who didn't conform didn't necessarily vibe we were all into different things we didn't necessarily not vibe either and then you always have the apathetic and i think you have the apathetic in every group right um and just some are different than others so every era is colored by the astrological weather in which they were born we carry that inside of us and there's so much fear around pluto and i have lived through (laughs) a significant amount of Pluto transits in this lifetime. Um, Significant, significant. Like, I don't remember not living through one uh, because just the way my chart is laid out. And 2026 is the first year I get without a major Pluto transit. And I, I don't know what I'll do. I'm curious about what that will feel like. Um, there tends to be a lot of pressure with Pluto transits. Now you might be like, "Well, when I was little, I had this really bad accident," or "When I was in my twenties, I had this like life and death event." And yes, you did, and yet you're here. It may have "quote unquote" destroyed your reality. That's why the Pluto and Leo folk were like, "It's the destroyer." It feels like it. When I was going through Pluto in my first house, like when it when it crossed my ascendant. Pfft, Man, it it was a really hard time in my life. Probably the first half of that transit. In fact, no, the whole of that transit was hard because a lot of the things I believed about myself weren't true and they had to fall away. And they were like, it was like an existential crisis that just didn't seem to end. And that's how I came into astrology. Okay, Mackenzie and I actually talked about that. Um, I'll link that episode in. In fact, I'll make it so it's so easy for you guys to find the interviews with Casey and Mackenzie. Because Mackenzie had a life-altering event. It was a big Pluto transit. We talked about it in that episode. And yet, you know, it was life-altering. It's how she got into metaphysics. It's how she started studying astrology. It's, it's something that put her on her north node path. And she is an immensely powerful metaphysician. Um, I, I don't even think she realizes how powerful she is. Um, I, I look forward to seeing her grow in confidence and and in understanding the wisdom she carries. It's beautiful. Um, that's why we all love McDobe's Um Yeah, so, and every single one of these astrologers have trained is remarkable. You know, Casey lived through Pluto going over a moon. It's a tough, tough transit when you have Pluto aspecting the moon by transit. And if you're not sure, now, this is where people get confused when I talk about natal placements. That's from your birth chart. The transits, you know, the planets in the celestial bodies, they keep moving. Okay, and so when we talk about transits, never say my. So, like, um, I had somebody say my eclipse on the on the live stream, and I gave him a little quick correction. And it's not me being a jerk; it's just we have a nomenclature, and so the eclipse had this impact on me. If you say my eclipse, well, it, it's not just your eclipse that most of the globe saw the eclipse. Okay. So your experience of that energy was, and I know people are like, well, but that's what I meant. Yeah, I know, but it makes it confusing later if you want to study. So when you say my, so like my Pluto is in Virgo in the 10th house. Okay. Transit Pluto is in capricorn it's in my third house now which i realized that's why i was having issues writing it's not destroyed my writing i've had to change how i do things i've had to transform my writing i've had to kind of let go of the methods and the models i've always used right um and funny enough went through (laughs) In the first year Pluto was in my third house, I went through two cars and got a third, but you know what it did is the first car I didn't really want in the first place, but it's what I had. The second car, they got eaten by rats, believe it or not. (laughs) Long story, super not fun explaining to your insurance people. Um, Oh, Los Angeles is crazy for that. I lived in the woods for 17 years, never had a rodent problem, only in LA. But anyway, so I went through three cars between 2019 and 2020, <laughs> you know, 2021. So a year and a half, two years. And I ended up having to buy a new car, like a brand new car. Cause I could. And um, the other cars were like pre-owned. And so I bought my very first new car. Well, I had to level up. Pluto, was, Pluto is always telling you to level up, level up. And it's not about the circumstances. It's about leveling up your internal power, changing your beliefs around things. You're transforming, you're alchemizing. Um, let me tell you, I, I know how to deal with insurance now. I've never had to make a claim in my life. It was crazy sauce. Um, So it tends to be extreme. It could have been more extreme. I've had much, much worse Pluto transits than that Pluto entering the third house. But then over this last year, I've noticed in the writing, um, you know, I had some bad news on my vision in 2021. And I was lamenting that. and, And then I found all kinds of ways to make that easier on myself. And then uh, I, I had big breakthroughs with this eclipse, so it was nice. And if you didn't, that's okay. The energy rings out over time. The energy brings out over time. My thoughts on Pluto um, are pretty strong right now because, you know, we're about to get a taste, a brief taste of Pluto in 2023. And then again in 2024, and then the final, we get a little sneak of it in 2024, and then it goes in for good for the next 21 years in November of 2024, November 19th to be exact. And so, as all you know, real professional astrologers do we contemplate what is that energy going to be like what is what is the essence of the planet what is the essence of the sign how is this going to impact my clients what is this going to do who's it going to power up who's it going to give some crunchy times to where they have to make decisions or they have to let go of things and like i was saying when it was going through my first house i had to let go of my ideas around the social and cultural beliefs I adopted as part of my identity. One of those is you get married, you have kids. Um, I was married. The marriage wasn't working out. I blamed myself for that in that marriage. You know, at that time I was young, you know, first of all. And um, I, I everybody was like, well, you, you know, it takes two. And I overtook responsibility for my part. And, and then I swung the other way where it was everybody else's fault. And then I realized a lot of what felt like it was destroyed because so many people, you know, divorce, it's bad. You know, what's bad is saying, staying in a really dysfunctional situation where your mental health is harmed. Okay. Not being happy is horrendous and the thoughts that would go through my head back then were things like, you know, I'm just a selfish woman. How dare I want to be free? Um, yeah, I was not the me, you know. That that experience is what made me me. And every time I thought those thoughts, you know, every time like I'm going to make this work, I'm going to fight for this, all those stupid tropes, um, my life, just everything would fall apart harder, you know until there really wasn't a lot of options, but get out of dodge. And even and trying to control everything, trying to make the world fit my lens, trying to get people to see things the way I saw it, getting people to agree with me, needing people to like me, uh, feeling like I was some kind of monster because people were intimidated by me. And often keeping quiet until I just erupted. So, of course, I scared the shit out of people. Um, You might identify with some of that stuff, right? You might identify with some of it if you've gone through these Pluto transits where you're questioning, you know, like, what kind of woman am I or what kind of man am I or how could I do that or how could I want to not be in this situation? Why doesn't this person love me, understand me? Why can't they see who I am? Well, I couldn't see who I was. First of all, second of all, um, I—they couldn't see themselves, you know. And so, just kind of rocking and rolling through that, and needing to find the cause, getting to the bottom of things, figuring it out. And I am so grateful that astrology, like, slammed into my life. And that I can teach it to other people and explain things to other people just so you can try to make some sense of it. Because there's a lot more to heaven and earth than our social and cultural conditioning. And Pluto kind of comes through that a bit like a wrecking ball. But, you know, wrecking balls take down buildings that aren't safe to be in. And when we have ideas about ourselves that aren't safe for us, when we pigeonhole ourselves, when we're living our life in boxes, and you know what? The only box you need in life is the one you get at the end. Pluto isn't trying to take you out. It's trying to take out the things that cease your real, true, honest-to-God living. Stop fearing Pluto, and lean into the power it's telling you to own. You're not greedy if you're ambitious. Power isn't about over-dominance. That is the lowest vibe of that, okay? The highest vibe is possessing yourself, being self-possessed, centered, understanding you have agency, rising into the person that your soul determined you would be and getting rid of the flotsam and the jetsam that impedes it. Okay. That's my soapbox. I'm sticking to it. So, um, quickly, let's just talk. Uh, we'll wind this up talking a little bit about the midterms because yes, there is politics involved. We're looking at, uh we won't have all the answers until December. I talked about that in the last podcast. I know I did, or at least on a live stream somewhere. Um, I'm hoping the Democrats squeak through the majority in the House. It's like, eh, I don't know that they will. Maybe, maybe I was. (laughs) Lauren Bobert was supposed to lose, and they're like 50 50. What the hell happened? I think if we see a DOJ announcement on the 11th, which might happen, but it's a federal holiday, so I don't know. We'll see. But if we did, I think it's over voting irregularity. I don't think we're going to see indictments on Trump until later this month or December. Um, and who holds the house is not going to stop the DOJ at this point. Um, they're they're going to start handing them out like candy, um, and I think some. You know, a lot of the the mega people didn't get reelected. Those that did will probably find themselves served if they were involved in the January sixth incidents, um, because insurrection is a big deal. And so, don't think they're gonna go without. Without consequence, I do believe they will. And I think maybe some of the constitutional stuff is maybe trials might start up in January. There could be Supreme Court stuff. I still have my eye on Clarence Thomas having some kind of consequence. I, there's some stuff going to happen in there. Um I don't know that he'll be removed from the bench. I don't know, but maybe there'll be an investigation. I don't know. You know the thing is, is we keep clamoring for answers, but you have to remember there's a whole machine working. All right, we may not hear anything, but we'll see. Um, because treason is a big deal. This this wasn't just like oh, you know, a protest. This was treason. So they they tried to stop the peaceful transfer of power, and that and there's probably foreign involvement. And so with those things. Um, I think we will see plenty of indictments, not just Donald Trump. Um, and again, if you want to know my thoughts on that, I talked a lot about it for patrons only. It's there. Um, that is how I stand on that. Um, but it will be a litigious November because we've got Mercury moving into Sagittarius and then we have Venus moving in to Sagittarius right behind it on the 17th. And that is just gonna be it's very political, it's it's full of law, debate, um, rules, procedures, and it's juicing up a little bit of Merrick Garland there. So um wish Merrick Garland a happy birthday on the thirteenth. I don't have a birth time Ger, but his Jupiter was hit by that eclipse, and that's a good thing. Um remember when I made the call that he'd make an announcement in July and he did it was between July and August. Um, Oh yeah. So I said it would be like July, but it was early August. So I think because I don't have his birth time, right. It's hard to give like timing on him, but he got that eclipse like illuminated his Jupiter, which is freaking fantastic. And I think we'll see towards, Maybe, maybe since I'm thinking it'll be like the 14th through the 22nd, maybe it'll be a little closer into December, but, um, I see him coming. I see him coming. I see him coming. And I, just from his placements, I don't need to know the house is just, just looking at his placements. I think, I think, um, I think he's the man for the job and I'm really hoping and praying I'm right on that one. That one I want to be right about because, Well, it impacts our daily living, doesn't it? Like, down with fascism. And with that, I think I'll love you and leave you. Um, As always, if you are a patron, my heart is totally going out to you. Thank you so much. Um, make sure you join the discord. That's where all the action happens. That's what those blips and beeps are sometimes when I'm recording and sometimes when I'm on live streams, you'll hear it. That's our discord. It's very active. It's a great community of people. It's a place to get and give support. Um, uh, don't be shy. Come in say hello, introduce yourself. Um, nobody's going to buy All right. The rules are pretty simple or they're very spelled out and they're written out too. Um, just because rules help us feel secure. Um, and I just want to invite everyone to make sure if you're a patron, you come to coffee with Lori. Yes, we do record it, but you know, it's way more fun when you're there. And then let's see what else. Oh, your discounts. Don't forget to check those out. Okay guys. Now, if you're not a patron, hello, join us. Join us. It's a place to be empowered at the Awake Space. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for all you do for me. And it is a pleasure to give you information you can use in your daily life.